The best way to make someone appreciate something is to take away something they love and take for granted. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I appreciate your support. And if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and leave your feedback to tell me how, tell me how much you like the show with that thumbs up. And also, don't forget to hit that bell notification button because Locked On USC we're the podcast that comes at you five times a week with all of your news and notes and information in 30 minutes or less. So remember when Coca-Cola introduced New Coke and then they replaced the product with what made them the, the, the soft drink kings of the world? Remember how much you missed the real thing? They, they were trying to kind of outmaneuver Pepsi. You know, Pepsi had just signed Michael Jackson to be their spokesperson, NIL. And uh, Coke was trying to, how do they recreate the wheel that they created? Literally, they had a formula that worked. So regardless of all the new fads that were coming around, you, you knew you could always count on the comfort, the tradition, to kind of stick around and remain a pillar. Kind of like how USC has been mostly, you know, known as a football school. Uh, and that program has always been known to play a physical brand of football, especially on defense. Sure, look, there's going to be, there's been different variations throughout the soda wars. Uh, and especially in football, uh, new variations have come along on offense, on defense. Offense has really changed the game. So, but what hasn't changed is having a physical defense to kind of counterbalance those uh, those high-scoring offenses. So at its core, USC was going to always be a, a physical football team on both sides of the ball. That's who they are, who they were. They need to get back to that. And they're starting to get that. You know, like I, I was talking about the different offensive fads that are coming, that are coming, going. Uh, you've got, you know, 10 personnel, 11 personnel, Air Raid, Coke Zero, Cherry Coke, all these different names. But you, same thing, you hear the word personnel, common denominator. Coke was a common denominator. You knew the brand. So one thing that should never change is having, at USC, is having a classic physical, knock the snot out of you type of defense. I don't care how you dress it up. That's what it needs to taste like every time you open up a can or a bottle or however else they're serving it nowadays. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, USC just needs to get back to that style, that, that defense that they built their legacy on. Cool classic. So... Um, I've talked about the defensive line and the rush end so far. Now I'm talking about linebackers and then and the Trojans. You know, they've had more than their fair share of linebackers. 
uh, over the years. Way too many to name. So, uh, like I said, these last few episodes, we post-spring game, been breaking down uh, the different position groups. And we've done the defensive line, rush ends. We're now at the second level. We're talking linebackers. Uh, well, I can bring up as many names as you can think of, and I'm going to forget way too many. But, you know, just recently, you had Clay Matthews. You had Ray Mayo Luaga, um, Lofa Tatupu, Junior Seau, Chris Claiborne. Who, and those aren't real recent, but everybody should know those names, especially if they wore number 55, like those last two names. And I would definitely be remiss without mentioning the name Kevin Bruce right now. Uh, if you haven't heard or if you haven't been over on WeRSC.com, uh, he lost his battle with brain cancer. Kevin Bruce was a colleague of mine over on the Inside the Trojan Huddle weekly podcast that we did. But as far as that, he was a more important than that show. He was a Trojan team captain, linebacker, one of the toughest sons of bitches you will ever come across. Highly intelligent. One of the greatest linebackers to ever wear the Cardinal Gold. He passed away. Uh, he was bad. He lost his battle with brain cancer on Wednesday. So when you want to know what a key ingredient to toughness goes into being in, into a USC defense, go look up Kevin Kevin Bruce's biography and his game film on YouTube. You'll know what I'm talking about. He epitomizes what a USC linebacker should play like. Might not look like. He wasn't the biggest guy, but he played like he was the biggest guy. And that's what was taken away when, when Coke went new. You know, Coke kind of recognized the error of its ways when it outthought itself. They tried to, you know, let's, let's get exotic. Let's try and, you know, bring in fast guys. Um, and, and it's not just, I'm not talking about Alex Grinch. USC, over the last decade, has been very inconsistent uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and a linebacker even more so. So USC needs to get back to having the physical linebackers, you know, the, the type of linebackers that paid, played like Kevin Bruce, but in today's era, players are just bigger naturally across the board. So they got off to a good start with their 2023 recruiting class. They brought in Taka Curtis. Great start right there. And Mason Cobb is a solid follow-up through the transfer portal to what they brought in last year with Eric Gentry and Shane Lee. All right, look, Taka Curtis is a freshman. He's already 220 pounds. He's going to be good once he gets up to college game speed. You watched him play on Saturday in the spring game. He struggled. Um, he struggled with his angles. He was, which helped, didn't help him when he was trying to break down when it was time to, to make the tackle. Uh, he was looking for. He was looking more for that big hit than just being fundamentally sound. He he made freshman mistakes in his first, real game finger quotes in front of fans in the Coliseum, at the college level. Mason Cobb, he's 230 pounds. He's going to be the starter uh, because, as the coaching staff said, he was meant to play middle linebacker. And then Eric Gentry, he's 215 pounds, and he's a really unique talent. 
and he's going to be used in a lot of different creative ways just because of his length, his size. Shane Lee, 245 pounds. He's the heaviest, the, the bulkiest of USC's linebacker core right now. You have Rajon Davis, 225 pounds. Um, Shane Lee and Davis, they might not start in 2023, 20, but they're going to play. And so of that linebacker court, those four guys, five guys, um, four guys, let's compare them to the 2008 USC linebackers. Arguably the best group to ever play at USC. Brian Cushing, 6'3", 235 pounds. Ray Ray, 6'2", 260. Clay Matthews, 260 pounds. I know he flip-flopped back and forth between linebacker and defensive end, especially in his senior year. Uh, Kaluka Maiava, he was 230 pounds. Others on that roster, you've got Luther Brown, Mike Morgan. Chris Gallippo was 6'3", 255. Malcolm Smith was 230. Mike Morgan, I think it was like 220, 225, 6'4". He was that version, that year's version of um, Eric Gentry. Gentry's taller, May, not, but not as heavy. So there's that balance there. USC needs to start selling Coke Classic again, a physical brand of defense. I know they're trying. They're working on it. Um, and, and they are definitely, you know, recruiting and bringing in bigger guys through the portal. So, again, USC needs to get back to what USC was before at linebacker. It's it's it, it was taken away. They're bringing it back. It's been rolling out slowly. So just more guys that look more like that 2008 roster. Once you get there at that linebacker level, USC's physicality will really take over. You'll see more... UCLA quarterbacks get the snot knocked out of them on the sideline. Hopefully they pop right back up, but you still want to see those big hits. USC will build it. Kind of like Built Bar. Hey, something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So, mark your calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd, to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what the new flavor is. Make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON15, and you too can get 15% off your order. Again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. And for you everydayers who don't miss an episode, thank you so very, very, very much. Um, tomorrow's episode, we're going to have some more spring game stuff. Check it out. Post-spring game stuff. We're breaking down position groups. Okay. Here's... Uh, so over on uh, WeRSC.com. One of our subscribers asked if uh, the staff would put together a post-spring game depth chart. Here's mine. And I'm going to take some creative liberties as well. Because assuming these two guys who are in the transfer portal and they've made their intentions known, uh, assuming 
Cameron Johnson, offensive lineman from University of Houston, and Bear Alexander, the defensive tackle from the University of Georgia, uh, show up in USC uniforms one day, sooner than later. Here is my post-spring camp depth chart, both sides of the ball. At quarterback, this one's easy. Caleb Williams, Miller Moss. This one's a little bit of a surprise, maybe. But I'm going with Jake Jensen and then Malachi Nelson. Look, Malachi has a lot of work to do. He's just a true freshman. And maybe he was just having a rough day coming off. You know, he's still recovering from his off-season shoulder surgery. Nevertheless, I would hope he gets to red shirt in 2023. All right. Running backs. I'm going to go, I'm going to set it up with a two-back set. So, Austin Jones, Marshawn Lloyd, behind them, Rayleigh Brown, Darwin Barlow. And then behind those guys, the freshmen. Now, depending on if they go with a one- or two-back set, eventually, I think uh, Marshawn Lloyd should take over the lead-back role of it. Just based off what we know he's capable of, what we saw him do in the spring game, made the defense look silly. And again, if he stays healthy, he is a he's different than all those other running backs. The freshmen showed something, but they're still freshmen. At wide receiver, let's assume it's a three uh, three wide receiver set, and if they go four, here I'll, I'll add him on at the end. So, uh, oh, starters: Brendan Rice, Mario Williams, Dorian Singer. If you go four wide, throw Taj Washington out there. Uh, second string, if we're going three wide, Taj Washington, Zion Branch, Kyron Hudson. And if you go four wide, throw Mike Jack the third out there. And then you still have the two freshmen, Makai and Deuce Robinson. Why am I leaving them there at the very end? Well, they haven't played in a game for USC yet. Deuce hasn't even practiced yet. And Makai has been, um, he's been dealing with some injuries during the spring. So, Fair enough, okay? At tight end, I think Lake McCree is going to be the starter. And then you've got, if he is going to be healthy, fingers crossed, knocking on porcelain, one of my favorite guys, Jude Wolf. Carson Tabarachi has made the move over to tight end. And then you've got uh, Cade Eldridge, who will be showing up here soon. And maybe even Deuce Robinson is going to get a package at the tight end spot. Who knows? We'll see. That's what he's being recruited as, I think everybody is assuming he's just going to play a big wide receiver role. But they'll get creative with him. He's a talented young man. All right, let's move over to the offensive line. <coughs> Pardon me. So in the spring game, here was your starting offensive line left to right. Left tackle, you had Michael Tarquin, Gino Quinones at guard, Justin Dietich at center, Jarrett Kingston, right guard, and Jonah Monheim had slid, slid out to right tackle. Behind him, behind those guys, you had Elijah Page, Andrew Malek, uh, Killian O'Connor at center, Cooper Gumby Lovelace, and Mason Murphy. So, and then you have a grip of freshmen who are going to start rolling in soon enough. Here's where I'm going to start taking some creative license. 
assuming now let me I, I should add this here you're aware that usc is um high on the list for the office of lineman cameron johnson from the university of houston it's essentially down to missouri and usc feeling is usc is going to win that battle it, if cameron feels comfortable enough leaving his hopefully will be his former offensive line coach who's taken a similar move over to missouri josh henson will be his new offensive line coach on wednesday a new offer was given out to uh emmanuel Prignon, who from Wyoming, six foot six, I believe he's 305 pounds. Uh, he's got an offer from everybody. Everybody. He tweeted out that he had a long conversation with Riley and that he's excited to receive an offer. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, again, six foot six, 315 pounds. He plays inside at Wyoming, but to me, he sounds like a left tackle. So we'll see what happens there. But if USC can get both of those guys, uh, all of a sudden now, Gino Quinones and Andrew Milek, the competition, well, all the guards, but I'll just stick at left guard for right now. Uh, competition has got really deep there. Again, I say uh, Emmanuel Pignon sounds like a tackle. Six foot six, 315 pounds. All of a sudden now, Michael Tarquin, he might have some competition at left tackle, as does Mason Murphy and Elijah Page. Uh, so you can get, if you get those two guys in, I could see it like this Michael Tarquin, left tackle. If uh, Emmanuel impresses enough, is he going to play? Is he a is he a left tackle? Is he a right tackle, or is he a guard? Um, Cameron Johnson, I think that he's going to slide into that starting guard spot. Justin Dietrich at center, Jarrett Kingston, Jonah Monheim, or do you flip them? Regardless, there's a lot more veteran depth. With a lots more of playing, lot more playing experience, if you can bring in two more guys, those two guys I like to spoke about. All right, let's flip over to the other side of the ball. Defense. Let's go defense. All right, again, if Bear Alexander commits when he's done with his visit this weekend, um, it really is just a matter of him crossing his T's and dotting his eyes, and. I think everybody's going to be happy very, very, very soon. Here's my defensive line. Assuming Barry Alexander is wearing Cardinal and gold come fall camp. And I'm going to throw the Russians into this group just to, for, to kind of uh, speed things along here. Right now, my starter at Russian will be Jamil Muhammad. And then Anthony Lucas, Barry Alexander, Jack Sullivan. That, that's my starter. That's my starting group. Behind, backing them up at rush end. Hey, now, do you want to get bigger across the line, across the board? Move Anthony Lucas to rush end. Slide solo up the defensive end. Keon Bars over the ball, Tyrone Tulaney. And then you've got um, Dejon Benton. 
solid line. That's a solid rotation regardless. And then, um, you know, if you want to kind of separate the Russian group, Corey Foreman, look, he's got to start making his move now. Uh, because the addition of a Bear, Bear Alexander, it kind of spreads out the wealth across the line. It becomes more versatile, pushes everyone down a rung. Uh, those guys who are in that 50-50 category that Lincoln Riley talked about last year. And, uh, you know, why I'm talking about why Corey Foreman needs to really start picking up his game and, and seizing the moment seizing the opportunity. I, I know it was just the spring game, but Sam Green has already flashed his abilities. And he was brought in as a defensive lineman. So there's a, there's a lot of numbers between the defensive line and Russians. Um, I, I think I mentioned on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC, 17 guys, plus or minus, two or three, uh, depending on you know their their transfer portal status or if they're playing rush end and then you know don't forget you know i haven't even mentioned braylon shelby david Peavy, and i haven't mentioned them because they're freshmen but we're asking for the depth chart let's just go with uh that main rotation that i spoke about not bad right let's move down to the second level linebacker inside linebacker i think this is going to be your starter eric gentry and mason cobb and then behind them, Shane Lee, Ray John Davis. If you want to go uh, backup backups, uh, Taka Curtis, Christian Thompson, and Garrison Madden. Madison, Madden Garrison, Garrison Madden, excuse me. Um, and I, I mentioned, you know, Taka Curtis earlier in the show. Just needs to kind of catch up to college game speed. And the other two, they've got to prove themselves, prove themselves to the coaches that they, they need to be on the field. At cornerback, I like what I saw with Damani and Damani Jackson and um, Jacoby Covington paired up together. Uh, not only was Damani fast, uber fast, super fast, he showed he's also very physical and he can tackle. With that said, I think Jacoby Covington and Christian Roland Wallace are going to be the starters. Behind them, backing them up, you've got Damani and Sierra Wright. At safety. Kalen Bullock is going to be the starter. Who's behind him? Zion Branch, Christian Pierce. All right, you got Bryson Shaw, Zamarian Gordon, strong safety. Anthony Beavers, what role is he? Is he free safety, strong safety? What about Nickelback? You got Max Williams, Latrell McCutcheon, Jalen Smith. Now, Latrell is the tallest of that trio of players I just mentioned there. And he got bigger during the offseason. He got thicker. Um, so did the others. But this position last year was abused by opposing tight ends last year. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to go on and say right now, Max Williams will be the starter. I don't know. Special teams, kickoff returners, Taj Washington and Zachariah Branch. They uh, fair caught the kicks, so I'm going to assume they'll be back there doing the same thing in the fall. Mike Jack, Michael Jackson III, he fair caught the punt. I'm assuming that's his role. Dennis Lynch will be uh, kicking point after attempts and field goals. Uh, Eddie, the kicker, 
He is going to be uh, doing the punting, I'm assuming kickoffs, or is Garth White? Is he going to be handling kickoffs? As long as they are going through the back of the end zone, I don't care if it's Eddie Saplicki or uh, Garth White. Just make it happen. So, the other day, I mentioned, in fact, it was just on yesterday's episode of Locked on USC, I mentioned the unlimited official visits and about how players can take unlimited amounts of official visits and kind of keep an eye on that and the role it's going to be playing and the paradigm shift in, in the recruiting realm. So along those lines, uh, since official visits are going to be very similar to a unofficial visits, because there's so many ways to pay for them now with NIL collectives out there. Uh, remember when securing the last official visit was considered the best way of enhancing the chance of gaining a commitment? Look, schools can still, I, I, I believe the number is 55, 56, um, official visit. That's how many USC can pay for. However, with as I was just, I, I mentioned a second ago, unofficial visits are also being subsidized um, because they're within the rules now, which there are none. So if there's people out there who want to pay for a young man and his family to visit a school, it's not on the university's dime, more power to them. Um, so does having the last official, official visit, does that, does that mean much today? When USC hosts their, uh, their June bashes, like they did last year, I mean, I, I spoke about this of the 25, uh, guys that were hosted, um, 14 of them became commitments this year. Is it going to make a difference if guys are there officially or unofficially? I don't think so. The ones who are there unofficially can still come back on USC's dime if they're serious. And then they can come back again unofficially to kind of really prove that they're serious. It's just another aspect of the way things are changing. Uh, recruiting, NIL, it's, it's just nuanced. There's, you're going to have to kind of watch the ball bounce. Again, just because someone's last official visit was at a certain school, that doesn't mean that's where they're committing. We saw that happen to USC last year. Didn't USC have the last official visit with a couple of players? I know one of them ended up at Oregon. Stuff happens. Speaking of stuff happens, USC hoop fans, stuff is happening, and it doesn't feel right. First, Reese Dixon Waters left for San Diego State. Rumor is, he got a really nice NIL deal. Okay. I wish nothing but the best for Reese Dixon. Then we got word that Boogie Ellis was coming back. If you were at the spring game, you saw Boogie. He was in the House of Victory video promotion. Made sense, right? Come back, NIL. Then Silas Demery reopened his recruitment. And everyone assumed that part of that had to do with, okay, 
Bronny James is getting ready to be a done deal, and that had to have played a role in Demery's decision to reopen his his recruitment. So far, still no Bronny James announcement. And with Boogie, and what's odd about this next thing is, with uh, Boogie being a part of the House of Victory promotional video, Kobe Johnson was the first, I guess, announced basketball player to sign on with House of Victory, officially. On Wednesday, freshman starter, an all-Pac-12 freshman team earner, Trey White, decided he was going to jump into the transfer portal. As a freshman, he averaged nine points and five rebounds per game. The Athletic was the first to report he's jumping into the transfer portal. Since then, others have confirmed John Rothstein being another. So, is Trey White, is he another, is he an NIL casualty? Bronny James? Both? It can't be playing time. I mean, the guy started as a freshman. I have to assume he was going to have starter minutes. If not, if he was coming off the bench, he was still going to have starter minutes. Again, way too soon to tell on that one. All I know, it's not the type of momentum the Hoops program needs. So even if Bronny is committing, the optics are just odd. It doesn't seem right. And now, again, if there's another big transfer coming in, okay, great. Let's see what's happening. But right now, it, I don't like the way it looks as a basketball fan. <clears throat> All right. We'll see what happens. I just had to drop that in there. Once again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every single day. As a reminder, next episode, tomorrow, I'm going to be continuing the breakdown of positions. We're going to move into the secondary. And again, when you're done making Locked on USC your first listen every day, head on over to WeRC.com because a lot of nuggets are getting dropped over there. And uh, you don't want to miss out on that. I'll bring that stuff over here too, but there's some stuff, can't do it. Got to wait a little bit. And by the way, we do have a subscription special. Take advantage of it. So until then, everyone, when Locked on USC comes back at you with our another episode, you know what to do.